Welcome to our podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been fast friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of quasi-relevant work experience. And while normally we make this podcast to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, save money, we are deviating again from the script to talk about something other than money. Mr. Kramer, what are we talking about today? Uh, we are once again delving into national politics and discussing the latest presidential debate on Wednesday, November 20th, 2019, that was held in Georgia. Um, not the former Soviet Republic, of course, but uh, the, the southern state, home to the ACC school, Georgia Tech, for instance. Perhaps the next debate will be held in Georgia, <laughs> not in the United States. The way things are going, uh, it, the state of Georgia might end up as a Russian republic. <laughs> no laughing matter, although I find it amusingly funny today. So the the uh, we were down two candidates, I think, this time around. Down to down to, and then there were ten. Yes, and uh, the two new entries couldn't possibly uh, qualify. Mr. Former Mayor Michael Bloomberg and former Governor Deval Patrick. Yeah. So only 10 on stage. It seemed so small this time. <laughs> it seems weird to say that it was a small field. And uh, I was looking at my notes from the debate uh, from October. And uh, since that time, Mr. Uh, Castro has dropped out. Mr. O'Rourke has dropped out since the last debate just uh, about a month ago. Yes. Uh, but in different manners, I believe. Beto O'Rourke dropped out of the race. I think Julian Castro is still uh, vying for it, isn't he? Yeah, I, that's true. I didn't think about that yet. Technically, uh, he is in the race, but he just didn't qualify for the debate, didn't meet all the requirements for donors and polling, etc. It is uh, interesting, as, as I think you told me, that uh, Julian Castro has a twin who is in Congress now. And so I've, I've heard him a few times on the radio in these impeachment discussions, and it's, uh, it's disconcerting. Do you think it really was his brother, or do you think it was Julian? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll never know, huh? <laughs> he's, he's got his own built-in deep fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness sakes. So... Um, uh, watching the debate this time around, it, uh, everybody played pretty nice with one another. Um, not too much sparring or, or uh, going at one another this time around. Yeah, I, that was. I noticed that. I, it was very what I thought of as well moderated, and the candidates were quite respectful to each other. And it's essentially what I was wishing for and expressed that opinion on this podcast previously. But as they say, you should be careful what you wish for because it was actually a little bit boring. I had trouble following it. Yeah, it wasn't quite as exciting when people are going af hard after one another. Um, I think there was a couple moments where some folks were going at it with uh, Tulsi. And uh, other than that, I think it was pretty much people just stating their positions on the various questions and no, not much give and take between the candidates on things. Yeah, I went back to watch the first 45 minutes or hour uh, today because uh, I got home late and 
came in in the middle and I, I you had uh, texted me that I missed um, Kamala going after Tulsi and that was pretty uh, direct, let's say. Yeah, that was, I think, the first kind of uh, uh, interaction or spat in the debate. Um, and really, uh, there wasn't, other than that, that was one of the bigger ones. Other than that, I think that, that was about it in the whole debate. Yeah, there was a rather polite back and forth about uh, whether Mayor Pete is qualified to serve um then the moderators kind of set him up by saying i think he won with 11,000 votes in a democratic city and when he ran for statewide office he lost by 25 points so they teed up amy klobuchar to beat up on him a bit yeah he's going to hear that if the farther he the deeper he goes he's going to hear that a lot from the challengers cuz that'll be a, an easy thing to beat up on him yeah but he does have that uh, military service and uh, road scholarship and um, uh, being a little moderate uh, all on his side. And he, he thinks fast on his feet. So, I mean, he's obviously a very, very intelligent guy. And he can think quickly on his feet and have a um, good answer back very quickly where other folks might have to stay to tr tried and true campaign tags. Nothing wrong with that. But he's able to go, I think, mentally toe-to-toe -to -toe with most folks on a second's notice yes yeah overall i did notice how quickly they speak it's very impressive i think i think a lot of people actually find it off-putting because it's so fake but it seems like all of them were quite well rehearsed and that when they got a question they were able in the allotted 45 seconds or what it was to cover a lot of ground I, I agree. I would. I suspect they have talking points for all these things. I. I. I was. I think about it in terms of like preparing for an interview, and um, when I prepare for a job interview, I have a list of things that I've done, and I. I think to myself, okay, here's something that I've done. What kind of questions could I use this response for? And I suspect that these folks have the same talking points. So if you get a question about, if Mayor Pete, if you get a question about your electability and the fact that you've never run one statewide office, here's your talking points kind of thing. They probably practice that, I would imagine. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was listening to David Brooks, and he was complaining that all of the um, of the candidates talk in a same elevated, high-energy manner that comes across as false, and that if somebody accidentally breaks into talking like a normal human being, they, they might win some people over. <laughs> You got to stay positive up there. Everybody wants a positive candidate, high energy, positive candidate. It's true. I mean, if you slouch in your chair and talk to like I do, well, you know, maybe uh, that's uh, that's a stupid question. I mean, you'll lose everybody. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's get let's we need to get back to our core constituency, which is the superficialness of the debate. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm looking, uh, I'm cheating here. I'm not cheating, but I'm looking at a photo, a very, very good photo of the candidates that I'm going to use uh, off one of the uh, w websites that I like to, to read, which has supplanted the picture that I took from my TV screen, which doesn't look quite as good. <laughs> so one thing, I've, one thing I did notice is that we're kind of weeding out the taller candidates and we're getting back to maybe closer to normal height, I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh Speaking of Amy Klobuchar, did you notice she pointed out that you shouldn't pick your candidate based on their height? 
I heard that that was hilarious. <laughs> and I, I think you and I will both agree that we've had a lot of um, the gentlemen primarily who are above average height. Very, we have had a lot of very tall candidates, unusually tall. Yeah, but they do seem to be reverting to the mean a bit. Um, Cory Booker's still out there; he's still tall. But uh, Pete seems uh, Mayor Pete seems actually kind of diminutive. But I've never stood next to him. Yeah, he's standing right between Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar, and he's a maybe just a skosh taller than Elizabeth Warren. Um, but he seems more like a normal height guy, and I I think he's I don't know I don't know how tall he is. I don't. I think he's maybe average height or slightly less than average height, but against some of those other folks in the race, he looks like a small person. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, it, um, I think Cory Booker is now probably the tallest one out there. Um, and he was almost begging people to um, help him qualify for the next debate. Yeah, I do believe he is the tallest. Yeah, his uh, summarization asking people to go to, uh, I think, CoreyBooker.com because he is not qualified yet for the December debate. Um, but I, I was reading as I was preparing, I think he said he had the biggest um, donor uh, response yet after a de debate. I think after he made that plea to have folks go out and, and uh, qualify or donate money, obviously. Huh. So gets back to the basic rule: if you want something, it helps if you ask for it directly, huh? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting because the next debate we're next debate is December, and the candidate field is going to be called down. So I think right now only the top four have qualified. I think Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg have have qualified. I, and it could be Klobuchar. I'm just not sure just yet, but certainly some of the the folks like Steyer and Yang and are going to have a hard time, I think, qualifying for it. Hmm. Uh, what do you think will keep Yang from qualifying? He seems to do pretty good on the number of donors. Yeah, I, I think it might be um, polling numbers for him. Although um, oh. he got a, he seemed like he got a boost from the campaign. Some of the takeaways that I saw from I normally read New York, New York Times and 538.com seemed like folks thought he did pretty well. And I know you had texted me that you thought uh, what he had said on the debate this week um, kind of raised his profile with with yourself. Certainly didn't he didn't get a whole big chance to talk. That's for sure. Yeah, he came in last in the minutes and seconds spoken. It was uh, actually just about half of what um, Senator Warren got to speak. Um, but I think he got significantly more laughs than she did. Yeah, and he, he has a whole, whole ongoing kind of dispute with uh, NBC or MSNBC, which he had accused of turning off his mic in a previous debate. And um, they have left his name off the graphic in a couple instances, I think they actually issued an apology to him, hmm. but, but, you know, my, my uh, significant other was talking about that. And I kind of dismissed his conspiracy theory stuff. But after this latest go around where they left his name off a graphic of candidates, I'm kind of thinking maybe there's something there, there. Hmm. Well, maybe, <laughs> uh, I thought, I thought he had some, uh, he, yeah, he's making some good points. I liked it when he said, uh, my uh, original intent wasn't to run for president because I'm not insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
do have to worry about all anybody who's up there. There's a selection problem. Anybody who would be willing to go through that probably is not somebody you should trust with their finger on the nuclear button. <laughs> it takes a special kind of person to want to do that. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, the question came up about whether a woman is qualified for president in a sort of roundabout way. And, uh, uh, Vice President Biden said, absolutely, a woman is qualified, uh, but uh, I'm more qualified because I've, uh, I have more experience in the White House. Like, well, since there has never been a female vice president or president, you're kind of precluding any women from having that role, at least this time around. Yeah, and then Amy Klobuchar, um, you know, was making the comment that uh, women have to have uh, a lot more uh, experience or, or reach a, what did she say, reach, have a higher higher threshold or higher bar to um, uh, prove that they're qualified for the same role, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she might be right. It's uh, hard to say because everything, when you get to this level, everything gets to be pretty specific. Um, I mean, it was clear that, Hillary Clinton was going to be the nominee last time around. She was the the favorite of the establishment at the time. So it's a little bit more of a free-for-all here. Yeah, I noted uh, Klobuchar gained uh, bonus points and with the ladies in my household, I'll just say that. So they, some of the folks in my household seem to be taking a liking to her, a shine to her. Yeah, she has uh, a pretty good story to tell coming from a swing state. Uh, I mean, one swing state could make all the difference in this particular election. The election's going to come down just a, a, a handful of states is where it's going to come down. It's not under California where you live is 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 not going to not it's not going to be a question of who's going to win that. And there's a lot of other states like that. So it could come down to a handful of states. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's not Iowa or New Hampshire either. So. Um... This race gets a little distorted. Can you imagine 50 years ago uh, telling your your uh, your mom or dad when they were voting in one of their first elections, like, huh, I'm surprised there's not an African-American senator berating somebody for not legalizing marijuana, just decriminalizing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, And that was like one of the, the few kind of... Uh, uh, I don't want to say attacks, but uh, Cory Booker like reached out and uh, uh, chided Joe or Biden for that, right? Yeah, yeah. he accused him of being high for not endorsing legalizing marijuana when he has come out in favor of decriminalizing it. Yeah. So, um, not not that I disagree with uh, his conclusion, but boy, you got to get. Well, you got to get the moderates on board if you want to get elected. Yeah, yeah, that that is interesting. So I'm looking, I'm looking over at the dra- everybody's attire because we normally hit on we we ha- we want to make sure we hit on important stuff like that. Yes. And uh, let's let's do the men first. We'll pick on the men first. So, do you notice anything um, that struck your fancy in terms of attire? I I didn't notice anything my recollection is they were all wearing blue suits uh mr yang was neck tieless once again forgot his tie again he's got to write himself a note or something or other <laughs> between him and jim jordan they're fully dressed gentlemen <laughs> and then i the only other thing i'd say yes all the gentlemen were in uh, dark suits they look blue to me and i, I noticed mr steyer has uh, his plaid or tartan tie on again 
Yeah, the women once again were slightly more interesting, though they've they've hit hit their stride. Um, I think I think Joe Biden should come out in a white pantsuit. Then I'll vote for him. <laughs> well, Tulsi Gabbard came out in the uh, white suit. I guess I guess it'd be a pantsuit. I guess it'd be a white suit, slacks, and a and white. I think she was dressed that way last time. I'm looking at my notes here. Yeah, I think she I think she wore something very similar, like a white pantsuit. Yes. And I think that's uh, a shout out to the suffragette movement. I, that's my understanding. Yes. Yep. And see, uh, uh, Klobuchar was in last time. I think she, I think she wore like a skirt and a purple bla- blazer, and this time she wore um, almost like a royal blue. It looks like a royal blue dress to me with a with a matching blue blazer and blue shoes. Hmm. Which I thought was pretty interesting, and then Elizabeth Warren was back in her um, purple. Yeah, she's wearing the combination of red and blue. She's wearing the purple jacket over the black pants, black shirt kind of look. Yeah, yep, her rotating uniform, I think. Yeah, I think purple is. Uh, my wife had mentioned purple; she thought it was a good color for her. So I, I don't know if that's supposed to symbolize the the melt melting of the red and blue states together, but I'm guessing that's what it is. Or she likes purple. It probably represents the uh, shed blood of her Native American ancestors. <laughs> oh my goodness sakes! One sixteenth. Um, and and then Kamala Harris. I think I thought this was probably the most unusual outfit of the evening because she wore a, a, like a tan. I don't know what what you call that. A pantsuit when a woman wears pants, and then she's got a jacket. Um, and uh, I think before she had worn something more bluish you know dark blue kind of conservative so i thought that was probably one of the more interesting outfits of the night um yeah she had some kind of cowl neck thing on and some bold jewelry she's got a lot of style actually yeah and then she i think she has a black high heels um so i thought that was probably the most interesting outfit which deviates from the well besides you know tulsi's suffragette shout out i think uh, to me, I guess Kamala and probably Elizabeth deviated from the boring conservative, you know, dark blue kind of red or blue tie kind of look. Did they have all women moderators this time? Am I they imagining did. them? No, they were they were four lady moderators. Was that a conscious choice? They didn't, never mentioned it, did they? I'm not I'm not sure if it was a conscious choice or not, but the there were the four lady moderators. I don't know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Biden seemed a little bit over his head, let's say. Uh, he stumbled a few times verbally. Now, I've heard that, but did, did you hear the article that, w- that appeared in the Atlantic that says, I didn't, I guess, really realize, uh, my wife had made mention of this, that he sounds like a stutterer, but he has a stuttering problem that he's worked really hard to overcome. And some people have suggested that the reason that he uses crazy words as he's trying to avoid certain words that trigger stuttering. So he's always trying to search for an, an easier word. And that's why he kind of sounds convoluted sometimes when he speaks. Did you see that article? I saw it. I didn't read it. I saw the headline. That's interesting, but that doesn't explain why he said there was only one black senator, uh, black female senator <laughs> when he was standing three uh, feet away from the other one. Hmm. Interesting. Could yeah, it could be. And he's, I mean, just celebrated. I think he just turned seventy-seven the last couple of weeks. Yes, just turned seventy-seven. 
Yeah. But um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, there was an article, I believe the article was in Atlantic and said that he's a, he's been a, a stutter and had a stuttering problem since he was a child and has worked really hard. And sometimes I think that's why he, he appears to get tongue tied sometimes because I think they're saying he's searching for an easier word to say and avoiding a word that would cause the stuttering effect. Well, that's a pretty amazing, I mean, he'd be, except for being president, it'd be hard to be any more successful in a public speaking role than what he is doing. I guess you could be a, a news anchor or Alex Trebek, but uh, so he did an amazing job overcoming that. But on the other hand, you'd hate to see somebody trying to say, um, let's uh, sue for peace and then uh, uh, use the wrong word and end up launching nuclear west weapons, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Un- under pressure. Yeah. Mr. President, should we stand down? And uh, <laughs> if he struggles with the S's, and anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to be p- paying more careful attention to what he says. Not that I know anything about stuttering, but just thinking about that as I listen to him talk. Yeah, well, good for him. That, uh, But you know what? He's still too old and he should step aside. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I didn't notice, uh, so the I remember last time around, again, superficial items here, I didn't notice any interesting lapel pins this time, although I thought I saw a Russian flag on Tulsi's lapel, but I think <laughs> I think that's totally false, and listeners, don't come after me for that. I tell I'm, you, my wife, uh, my significant other was watching as I watched the repeat this morning, and she said, why is Tulsi Gabbard still in this? And I propose that perhaps because the Russians still want her in this, that uh, it serves their purposes for her to be running around causing trouble. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, too interesting. I, I don't see she'll be, she won't be in it much longer because she's not, she's going to fail to qualify for the next round, I think. Um, I don't know. I bet those Russian teenagers put out uh, six different polls that show her with four and a half percent. <laughs> That's you know I didn't think about that because I was I was looking at polling numbers actually today and I was amazed I was looking at Iowa and there must have been 25 different organizations doing polls and then I the 538 website that I like will then rate them there are a few that they had rated will rate rate them from A B C D like letter grades and some of them I never heard of some of these polling organizations so I guess maybe some Russian troll farms could. Set up some polling organizations, I guess. Yeah, and five thirty nine dot com will put out a poll. Five thirty nine, <laughs> five thirty eight, five thirty nine, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> Too funny. I noticed um, uh, folks in my family thought Bernie looked a little healthier than he did last time. I'm not sure uh, he didn't speak as much as uh, I think Warren and, and Biden, but he he looked pretty good on TV for a guy having a heart attack. What was it like six weeks ago? I I agree. I noticed that he looked hale and hearty for a man his age, though it might just be because he got a haircut. Could be. His hair did look better. The last debate uh, when I looked at my notes, his hair always looks a little bit unkempt, like the Mad Professor or something like that. It looks like my hair after I've tutored my kids in math and I've. <laughs> My hair's sticking straight up, but I look crazy. Yeah, I think he, yes, I think he might cultivate that look. Unkempt professor or something like that. Uh, did you have any thoughts on policy? It seems like uh, Senator Warren is trying to 
proclaimed that she wants Medicaid, Medicare, Medicare for all, while promising uh, Obamacare expansion for all. I thought that was interesting. Um, It looked like she didn't get attacked for that. I thought for sure the other was going to attack her for her plan because last time around she wasn't specific enough. She came out with her plan. Then folks attacked it as not uh, realistic in terms of being able to pay for it. Uh, I I, kind of thought it was interesting. Most of the other candidates were being more conservative in the sense that, you know, leave the current payer system where your employer's the payer in place because people like that and expand Medicare. Um, I don't know. I hope someday that we pay less money for medical covers in the United States because it's just crazy how much we spend and our life expectancy is actually below other countries that do have um, healthcare um, for all and they spend about half as much as we spend. So it'd be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, attack might be too strong a word, but uh, uh, Vice President Biden did say, you know, you can't spend $30 trillion to do that. You can do it my way much cheaper. Um, Though it does seem like it costs roughly the same, no matter, it's just a question of who's paying for it. Yeah, I would think that, I I would think so. I think we have to change the system and how we reimburse folks for things because uh, people like Canada can do it for half the price and they have a little bit higher life expectancy than we do, unfortunately. So be interesting to see. As uh, be, be interesting to see. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. The challenge is the, the compromise that you end up doing ends up means it costs more and provides less service. But that... It's good that it's on the on the table and people are trying to come up with solutions. Yeah, I think I think so too, and I think it gets. I think it's some. I think it's something that's important um, out there because, um, yeah, I think it's good talking about it, and hopefully it raises awareness. And uh, I think I think it'll. I think it's going to be a bigger topic because fewer and fewer people are covered by employer-sponsored health care plans. And as we kind of move to folks who are working in a gig economy, as they call it, I think I think this will get noticed with more, more folks. Yeah. I think part of the problem has been that one thing unions do provide for most of their members is really good benefits. And over the years, they've had to fight harder and harder to maintain that. And so they are uh, still very influential on the Democrat side of the fence, and and they don't want to give that up. So until yeah. that changes, it's going to be still going to be a fight. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all see how it all plays out. I think after the field gets narrowed down to maybe three or four, you'll see some more attacks on Elizabeth Warren and talking about whether we have the ability to pay for Medicare for all or not. Um, be, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. So uh, all in all, they covered a lot of ground. It was informative. Um, I don't know. Actually, I, I can't say whether it moved me or not. I guess I, I, I'm less dismissive of Andrew Yang. So he accomplished something. Um, and uh, I think I say that I feel comfortable saying that uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who I thought was a bit of a joke of a candidate at the beginning, is clearly up there in the top four or five. 
So yeah. that's the difference. I mean, I think he's a brilliant guy. There's no doubt about it. Normally, people wait till they have more experience. And, you know, someone like that would have probably waited 10 or 12 years before he considered running to try to be elected to Congress or be elected as a governor rather than, you know, moving from his first elected office straight to president. Uh, yes. So it's probably a good way to jump the line a bit, no matter what happens. Like, uh, it seems I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually get something like a moderate Republican president, if there is such a thing that they would uh, give a cabinet post to somebody like a Tulsi Gabbard to try and build fences. Hmm, interesting. Huh? It'll be interesting to see uh, whether Michael Bloomberg, who is given rumblings about whether he's going to come and makes the debate stage for December. I, I can't see that he can do it in the amount of time that's required. I think I heard somebody say that he can't possibly do it because he's not taking any donations. He's self-funding himself. So, well, he, oh, because yes. you have to have donate. Oh, right, right, right. Because you have to have donations to be on the. Yes, you have a donation count to make the debate stage, right? Contributor yes. count. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's a very smart, well-spoken guy. If we needed another eighty-year-old. We're gonna have we're gonna have three people battling it out. I, I'm putting Elizabeth Warren because she's not quite as old, but between Biden and Bernie and Bloomberg, we have the 80 year old candidates battling it out. Battle, <laughs> battle of the octogenarians, right? Yeah, you hear some discussion that these guys are jumping in because they're worried. They're, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's this thing of. Uh, rich white guys thinking that everybody knows what we really need is a fiscal conservative social liberal because that's what all of my friends are at the country club <laughs> checks all the boxes makes everybody happy huh uh yes except for the voters in the red states and um <laughs> most of the blue cities so aside <laughs> from that they've got everything covered oh my goodness sakes Okay, now on, on to the most important question that we always ask. You know what question that is? The knife fight question? The, the knife fight question, right? Uh, yeah. That's uh hasn't changed much. I guess uh, Richard Steyer could hire somebody to shoot you with a blowgun while you're not paying attention. Um, <laughs> but that... <laughs> It still if, seems like the tough, toughest two on there would be Tulsi Gabbard and uh, Mayor Pete. Yeah, so this is the this is the proverbial who who would we send in against Vladimir Putin for the knife fight? <laughs> and I think uh, I think I'm going to go with Mayor Pete again. Yeah, though uh, <laughs> I don't know, Tulsi Gabbard might distract him. She might distract him. I'm still going to go with Mayor Pete. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there you have it. Now, that's all we all we need to know. So nobody needs to waste their votes on anybody else. Just who's gonna who's gonna defeat Vladimir in the proverbial knife fight? All right, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. 
Yes, uh, always a pleasure. Um, we'll get back to some more uh, nano economics in uh, our in two weeks when we next speak to you. Uh, but we will probably follow up after the December debates. Might be even quicker because they might only have four or five people there. <laughs> All right. Till then. Till then. All right. <laughs>